Hi, I'm Mike Sklenz, and this is Nintendo World Report's Connectivity Podcast, Episode 63. Uh, this week we've got a lengthy discussion on Zombie U, featuring Zach Kaplan, uh, Scott, and Andy, and then after that, Zach Miller, Patrick, and Neil tackle some listener mail. Enjoy the episode. And welcome to this segment of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. Today I'm with Andy Gergen. What's going on? And Zach Kaplan. Ugh. That's a zombie <laughs> <Zach>. noise. <laughs> <laughs> zombie, or maybe just a sore throat. <laughs> and uh, if you haven't, if you haven't guessed by Zach Zombie, we're it's a virus one about, way or another. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to be talking about Zombie U. Um, I beat the game over the weekend. Andy's nearing the end of the game, and Zach's about halfway through. Um, but the game's just so good. We didn't want to wait any longer before talking about it. Um, I will say, I think the first half of this will be kind of just general talk. And then the second half, we'll probably get into spoiler territory. We'll let you know when that's coming. Um, so if you want to avoid that, you can. Um, so guys, let, let's talk a little, uh, zombie you going into this game. What were your expectations? I mean, did you guys read a lot of preview coverage? Did you just kind of go into it blind? I went into it fairly blind. I, I may be mistaken about this, but I kind of feel like this is one of those games where a lot of people didn't know much about the way the campaign was going to be shaped going mm. into it. Like, I don't think that information was really out there. Or maybe it was in, like, piecemeal in interviews with Ubisoft. But yeah. um, I really didn't know what to expect. I actually thought it might be more akin to, like, Resident Evil Raid Mode where you're just in an environment and zombies come at you and you survive as long as you can. Because the tagline of the game was, how long will you survive? I thought maybe right. it was sort of like a, a quote-unquote campaign built around raid mode, where you just try to survive. Um, sure. Not raid mode, horde mode, sorry. Um, where you just try to try to survive as long as you can, and it's a high-score thing. And maybe there's a little bit of like ham-fisted storyline built around that. But I, I, I really had no expectation that I would get such a, like, a rich campaign like like single player experience i was i think maybe that's one of the reasons my my impressions were so favorable right at the bat was because i had no idea the game was going to be that rich with content and i was pretty blown away by that uh going up to the release of the wii u in the game i was pretty excited i mean i'm a huge fan of like the walking dead and zombies and stuff um but then that day when that day came i was I was getting pretty nervous about the reviews because the review bar- embargo wasn't out until that day. Yeah. And, like, the first review came from GameSpot, and they hated it. But, you know, whatever you think about GameSpot. They're still the low mark. If you go to Metacritic or Game Rankings, no one ranked the game lower than they did. So yeah. it, it was it was sort of misleading that the very first review most of us saw was the worst review the game would get. <laughs> Yeah, that was unfortunate. Um, but so I did. Uh, I was making the decision should I get Assassin's Creed Three or Zombie U, but I just decided to go with Zombie U because I knew all my friends wouldn't be playing it since they wouldn't have Wii U. So just right. decided to go with that, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, totally. I, I'm in the same boat. I didn't really follow much of the game at all. I mean, I knew a little bit about it. I knew, you know, the big thing that when you died, you had to go back and get, you know your gear back from your old self when you'd started to summon new. Like, I knew that. But like yeah. you, Andy, I didn't really understand in what context you would be doing that. You know, like, I didn't understand what the, the campaign would be like. And, um, yeah, same as you, Zach. I saw those reviews coming in, and I wondered if I should, you know, still get the game or not. But I decided to do it, and I'm really glad I did. Um, and, in fact, I didn't even get to play the game for probably about a week after um, 
it came out because I think I was just, I was reviewing Paper Mario and Your Shape and just trying to get a lot done. So I didn't have time to play it till like a week ago today. And then when I started playing it, I just, I instantly fell in love with it. Like I honestly lucked out because I, I managed to snag the review copy of this. I think uh, Neil was feeling a little, uh, a little sad that I didn't get a chance to, uh, to, to buy the game like I had planned. And uh, mm-hmm. so he went ahead and promised me the review copy, the, the gracious soul that he is. And I didn't have any other review copies except, or any other reviews assigned to me except for like a couple of mini games in Nintendo Land. So I was able to really just get it, and then immediately after getting the system, sink my time into into the single player campaign. And you know, a couple hours in, I thought, oh my god, I can't, I can't wait to talk to people about this because everyone is concerned that this game is not any good, and. It's great, and maybe not everyone yeah. will like it, but this is not a 4.5 out of 10. This is no. this not even close. I have no idea what they were thinking with a 4 or 5 out of 10. It's not right. e- it's not even in that ballpark. And, you know, I, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, it's kind of hard to overlook the fact that I'm on the other end. Like, if you sort the reviews by positive, I'm, <laughs> Are you the highest? I'm not the highest today, I think, but I think I was the highest for a little while there. And honestly, <laughs> I was very close to giving the game a 9.5, and the only reason I backed down from the 9.5 oh. was because I thought, well, it's a new system, and there's a lot of excitement around that, and I didn't get to play as much of the game as I would have liked. I did write the review after playing about eight hours of the campaign and about three hours of multiplayer. Um, I would have liked to have gotten a lot further in the campaign before I reviewed it. It's just that the holiday was mm-hmm. coming up, and I wasn't going to get to play it again for a week. So I, I played those first eight hours of essentially in two sittings, most of it in one, uh, which is really the best way to play any survival horror game because that's yeah. th- those games are meant to be immersive, and that's the best way to immerse yourself is just to sit down and, and don't get up until you, until it's over. Uh, totally yeah uh, it's like in fact we talked about that in our halloween episode right, when we talked about scary exactly. games and i i actually had a similar i'll let you go real quick zach but i had a similar experience where this weekend my um my girlfriend worked from like she works in the mall so now they have extended hours for the holidays so she worked from like 3 to 11 basically and the baby went to sleep at like 7 so from 7 to 11 i, I really did just sit there lights off and just straight played like four hours and it was awesome it's terrifying <laughs> <laughs> it really is i was just it gonna really ask is. um Andy, did you play it lights on or off? That's the problem is, since I was reviewing it, I didn't really have a chance to play it in the ideal survival horror situation. Because I, I didn't get a chance to play it on the day I got my Wii because I had friends in town. Um, so we were playing mostly... Well, we were trying some multiplayer of uh, Zombie U, but we were mostly playing playing Nintendo Land. I didn't get a chance to really sink my time into the, the, the single-player campaign until the next morning. So I basically got up around like 8 and played it from like 8 to dinner time. Um which means, no, I didn't get a chance to dim the lights. Because my, my Wii U is in my main room of my house, which has got two big windows. And my you know my wife and kid were hanging out with me while I was playing it, so I wasn't going to make them sit in the dark all day. <laughs> but I, I did get a chance to play at night a little bit later, so I got a couple hours in the dark. I, I do think that this is exactly the kind of game where you should play it in the dark if you can. My first experiences with the game were not ideal because uh, you guys probably know from the email, but my internet connection wasn't working very well. So after updating my Wii U for six hours, I uh, finally oh, put in Zombie U. And uh, yeah, and the first thing that happened was, um, you know how at the beginning, the guy, um, the prepper tells you to come in to the Metro or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. uh, the tube. And um, well, the first thing that happened is like five minutes in, my Wii U hard locks and this loud sound starts 
coming out of it. And oh, God. I'm like, did I just spend $350 on this piece of shit? And <laughs> I was like, I was just ready to throw it out the window. Very shiny and glossy brick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess let's talk a little bit about what the, the game really is, because we haven't done that yet um, for anyone who hasn't played the game. So like Andy said, the campaign, I think, is a little different than what you might be expecting. Um, it really, it's sort of like a open world game, I guess. It, I think it's very Metroidvania, to be honest. You start in yeah. a centralized area, and you slowly branch out from the middle, and then you go back to the middle, and then you branch out in a different direction, and then you come back. It's... The, the, that's true. I, I think I, I think it's very much like a like a Metroidvania style game because there's and there's areas you can't get to and it's not it's not gear that you get that unlocks those areas. It's just, well in some cases actually it is because you do right. upgrade your your pad and that allows you to do things like remote hack locks and and and, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth and and you get you get the lock picks you can you right. know open lock doors and things like well, in some that, cases yeah. actually it is exactly that in other cases yeah. it's just there is a path cleared now where there wasn't before and there's not a super clear explanation for it, but there doesn't need to be. <laughs> right. Well, like, like early on, very early on in the game, right when you leave the, the safe house for the first time, which the safe house is where you save your game. It's where you store, you know, stash all your weapons and stuff um, that you don't want to carry with you and things like that. And it very much is the safe house except for one, one moment in the game. Um, and the, the very first place when you leave there, you're outside and to the left, when you walk out, there's like, I don't know, 20 zombies or something. And it's very clear, like explicitly don't go that way. Mm-hmm. And so instead you go, you know, you go forward to the path ahead of you and progress that way. And then when you come back later, those zombies are mostly gone. And it's a manageable amount that you can actually pick through and then get, you know, to a new area. Yeah. Um, so even just things like that, like environmental, yeah, like you were saying, just environmental roadblocks um, to keep you from going astray until so you get late in the game. And then really it opens up and then you can kind of go anywhere yeah. Um, you know, and like you, like you were saying, Andy, uh, before we started, but you can go back to areas you've been and find like new weapons and ammo and like stock up on supplies. Well, the game is um, very unforgiving with with supplies in general. But one of the cool things that it does is the, the map system in the game is is kind of a neat idea. the 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 whole reason you have a map uh, in front of you is because you're hacking into these closed circuit televisions all over London. Uh, which provide you floor plans of the areas you're going into. But another side benefit of having hacked those cameras is that you're, you have a little computer system at your safe house which monitors when new gear shows up. And not gear, supplies, I should distinguish, because gear is like permanent upgrades and supplies is, right. is yeah. Um, it, it'll tell you when new supply shows up. So, you know, if, if you're having trouble and you don't have the weapons you need to really fully attack an area, you can always uh, just hit up your monitors and see what new gear has <laughs> – what new supplies <laughs> have shown up in various areas you previously visited, which is which is fantastic. Now, I haven't done that a ton, and it does yeah. take a little bit of hunting once you get there to figure out where that stuff is showing up because it's not yeah. necessarily like an obvious location. But it is a good way to, to stock up if you're, if you're getting frustrated by, by dying because you don't have enough supplies to really push on. Uh, what I've been doing, I just wait for all my friends to die and their zombies to come into my oh, safe. Oh, that's house. so great! You know, I didn't. That's the best way. I didn't have Meverse like ready to go for the first little bit that I played of the campaign because I hadn't done my update. I actually didn't do my update right away. I, I canceled out of it because I knew it would take a couple hours, and I wanted to <laughs> play my system before yeah. before that happened. Um, the, it's a totally different game with Meverse in there. It really is. Like oh, yeah. the ability to to have those. Um, friends or whatever <laughs> show up in your game and try to kill you it, it's it adds a nice little level of of 
social play, and it really does kind of give you an idea of what Nintendo's trying to go for with their take on on social Words social play. Well, like yeah, like zombies. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to get into this topic too heavily because this is a whole, a whole other segment we could do. But I hear a lot of other media outlets saying that the Wii U, and forgive me for this really general quote, but I do hear them say it doesn't have online, which is their way of saying it doesn't have like a Xbox Live style centralized service. Right. But man, Miiverse is a it's it's a Nintendo way of doing online. It's not simultaneous multiplayer, but it is social, and it does require online connection, and it does allow you a chance to sort of talk about the game with your friends because in some way you've interacted with them, even if you don't know it. Right. Oh, Miiverse is super handy in this game. I mean, not only does it, which if, if it wasn't clear, so when your friends die in their game, they will their zombified selves will pop up in your game, and if you find them and kill them, you'll get whatever they had in their backpack at the time. Um, which is sometimes nothing, and then it's sometimes awesome, like tons of ammo and guns and Molotov cocktails and all that good stuff. I killed Neil um, twice today. He didn't have anything either time. <laughs> yeah, he had a rough. He sounded like he died a few times in the beginning. Yeah. So, um, I came across you, Andy. You were the very first person like to pop up in my game. I haven't seen like, you yet. You don't die very often. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll find me. I, I died. Yeah, more kind of where you're at now. Um, now I don't know if I'll have much gear, but. Um, but then Miiverse is great too because you can just pull it up like if you're having a hard time with a puzzle or you can't find something and then more than likely it's been asked recently. So you just pull up Miiverse and scroll down and someone will ask what you're looking for and then you can just read the comments and kind of like get an idea of what you need to do. Yeah. Because there was one puzzle where it's like I couldn't make sense of it. Like I was – it's to open a door and you need to find the code and then I scanned a wall and I found like gibberish written on the wall and I was like, well, what is this? Like this isn't numbers. And then it turns out that later your pad's upgraded so you can decipher like yeah. this codes and then th- then it gives you what the number is but, like, oh, okay. but you could so then I you could spend a lot of time trying to decipher that code before you realize that it just requires an upgrade later. right and me oh. meverse helped me with that too i spent like 20 minutes trying to like figure out yeah. what the code was before i finally just posted on meverse and they were like oh you'll just get an upgrade later for your pad and you can come back and i was like oh exactly. well that's nice to know now <laughs> well yeah how do you guys feel about the use of the wii u gamepad I like, guess, do do you like the implementation of it, or? I do. I think I think the um, I do think there's going to be a little bit of a challenge for them to come up with games where it makes sense to take your eyes off the screen. Like, I I haven't played Assassin's Creed or Batman yet, but I kind of feel like the whole idea of managing your inventory, like while the game is ostensibly still going on around you, on those kinds of games, where you know the alternative was you just do it on you know with a gamepad with the, with the buttons i don't know that that's going to work nearly as well but with zombie U, the whole idea is you're vulnerable and you have to be very yeah. careful about it so zombie U is exactly the kind of game where that kind of disconnect actually makes a ton of sense yeah i will say that um, I'm, I'm getting a little burned out on scanning i i've with games that have a scanning element like this and metroid prime as well um and Batman, I suppose, to some extent, I feel compelled to scan everything because I don't want to miss anything, and it really slows the game down. And oh, yeah, and I know so I don't, can't do that. I know I don't <laughs> have to do that, but because it's there, I feel compelled to do that. And the scanner interface isn't exactly that awesome. It, the, the gyro sensing is a little slow, and yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I love the gamepad for accessing your backpack and picking locks and that kind of stuff because it does this really great thing where on the TV, the camera flips around and, like, will be, like, in front of your character so you can see behind him. So you'll be looking at the gamepad, like, going through your backpack, let's say, or picking a lock, and then you'll glance up at the TV screen to see behind your character. And a lot of times, 
they'll have it, you know, especially triggered where a zombie will actually be coming up behind you. So you kind of have to like, I mean, it's like really like pulling out your backpack, looking through it and then like looking around yourself to make sure, you know, you're still safe and then looking back through your backpack. Like I love that implementation of it. It's so cool and it's so tense. I mean, you you know, you never feel safe, you know, even doing something as simple as just like looking through your inventory. Um, But I agree that the gyro stuff isn't great. I didn't mind scanning because usually you're only scanning when things aren't around you. But the sniper rifle and the um, like mounted machine gun that you have to use a couple times throughout the the campaign both require the gamepad to like aim, um, you know, just by tilting and, and rotating it, and that didn't feel so great. I didn't like that. I just didn't like the useless touchscreen stuff where it's like you have yeah. to remove a plank by tapping it. Like that's true. I thought we got over that, you know, a couple, yeah, it's, like five it's years ago. On kind of like a it's like a quick time event, but a little bit yeah. worse. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do like, it does at least the same thing, though, where it will flip the camera in front of you so you can see behind you, which it, it can build some tension, but I agree, like, I don't, it's not. I guess I don't mind the lockpicking, because at least there's a little bit of, like, it feels like you're doing something, but, like, the, the syringe and the the barricades yeah. and all that, just it just tap the screen, you know, quickly to, to do the thing, it, yeah, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff is kind of lame. It'd almost be better if it just automatically did it, and it was timed, and then you were looking, you know, at the... TV screen to make sure nothing was coming up around well, for the you for the like, for the syringe you could just draw a line with your with your finger or stylus I mean yeah something yeah something where it's a little more like tactile so, like something make, at least it makes it feel like the kind of thing that you would would actually do you know yeah I don't know yeah so it's sort of hit or miss with the gamepad stuff but I, I love inventory management and picking locks and and that kind of stuff but yeah the tapping you get done with and the aiming I think yeah. is not not perfect um. The only real complaint so I have about the ca- the campaign in general is I really like the idea of playing as different survivors um, and mm-hmm. you know your survivor becoming a zombie after you die. But there is a little bit of a disconnect when every time I wake up, the, <laughs> yeah. everyone in the game talks to me as if I'm the same person. And it right. really does kind of feel like – and I, I may have mentioned this on a previous episode, but it, it does kind of feel like maybe they developed the the story before they developed the switching survivor mechanic and they didn't really adapt one to fit the other. That or they just ran out of time, yeah. you know, and, and couldn't, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it, I don't know, though, I mean, would you really, each, I mean, Andy, we haven't revealed our, our death count yet, I don't know if you're ready to do that uh, live here, but <laughs> but for, for someone like you who's died a handful of times, let's say, um, I mean, each time, do you want to start with, you know, being prepped as to what's going on as if you don't know, you know, I mean... Where do you find a happy medium well, that satisfies like the narrative one thing, without kind of breaking it and then not just boring you each time you start? Well, one possible solution is every single time you restart, there's a little montage of of video screens or some, some, some sort of a video montage of mm-hmm. scenes from the game. They could just use yeah. that montage to show your new character kind of going through the same motions your previous character did. Yeah, that, I guess that that's would, true. I mean, that, I think that's the implied idea is that your new character has already sort of done some of the same things your previous character did and already had those introductory conversations with some of those characters, but it's a lot to imply and they could show a little yeah. bit of it. They could show a little bit of that and it would maybe make that transition a little less jarring, at least with the prepper. Some of the other NPCs in the game, there's really no way around that. Like the doctor you come across and you get back there as a completely different person and he still <laughs> acts as if you've already had a conversation, right. but you clearly haven't. I will say it's not a spoiler or anything, but at the end of the game, 
um, the the final sequence someone's talking to on, on your radio. It's not the not the prepper, but she does say like, I don't know if you're who I met earlier or if you're someone new, but this is the frequency I was given. Gotcha. And like, you know, so so come here and do this. So that's kind of cool. They acknowledge it there, and yeah, I mean, it just seems like they could have done that. Yeah, they could know. have put more hooks like that into the uh, into the dialogue. That would have been yeah appreciated. But it's a it's a small complaint, and I think the sure the mechanic is overall pretty solid. Yeah. So I, I guess let's talk let's talk dying a little bit. So the main the main crux of the game here is that when you die, you yeah that's it. And I mean it instantly saves unless unless you quit the game before you actually are like killed. I mean, you, there's no going back. That's it. You're a new survivor. It saves right away. Um, and then you have a chance to go back and kill your zombified self and get all your equipment back. But if you die on your way back, then that's it. Your old zombified self is gone. All your gear is gone. And that's it. You got to just go with what you start with, which is a handgun with six bullets. <laughs> Not very much. And then whatever you had stashed away in the safe house. And a cricket um, mallet. Well, yeah, you always you always get the yeah, like the cricket bat. Yeah, that's your primary yeah melee weapon. Always have that. Um, it takes so long to kill the zombies with that. Just keep yeah. bashing their head in. I think yeah, it, it, honestly, it's I, like between... I feel like the cricket bat's a more reliable weapon than the pistol, though, because the pistol doesn't work on all the zombies for one, uh, yeah. and for two, you have to really be a good you have to be be a good shot to make it effective. Right, especially yeah, with only six bullets. Yeah, it helps if you hit him in the upper body or head, especially. You yeah. can't just shoot him in the leg a bunch, and then like they'll just die. Yeah. It'll take a long time. Um, but yeah, so that mechanic I think is pretty cool. And even though I mean, it's I don't know. In one way, it's like yeah, you start over, but it's not really like a that big of a penalty. I mean, I guess you could lose your gear in the end. Um, but I mean, it's not too different than just starting over, but because the game keeps track of how many times you die and score, you know, your score starts over each time you, you die and start something new. There's kind of that hook there to, to want to do well and to find it very like frustrating when you do die. I think there's a point to be made that because there's like no backstory for each of these random survivors that you inhabit, that you wouldn't really care about them too much. But honestly, There's a few little touches in the game that make me care about them. Uh, one of the little touches is that it tells you the profession of the person you're playing as. So right, your name and profession. It's not just yeah. like Sarah Jones. It's Sarah Jones, pianist, concert pianist, or <laughs> yeah. Ralph Ralph Johnson, uh, janitor. And just that little itty bit of, bit of information, like in coordination with their physical appearance that you get a glimpse of before you start, it really does sort of make you be like, all right, I kind of know this person a little bit. I'm going to do my best to keep them out of harm's way. And on top of that, like you hear, you hear them grunt when they swing the cricket mallet. It's very clear that they're not prepared for this kind of, you know, combat. It makes them feel like an ordinary person. And of course the fact that the combat's just like a little bit clunky and slow, drives that point home as well uh, right. it really does make you root for these people even though you don't know anything about them really except their for their profession and honestly like there's been multiple times where i see someone crop up and i'm like i like this guy this person I, yeah. i'm sticking with them for as long as i can and of yeah. course inevitably i wander outside get back to my zombified <laughs> previous survivor and immediately get slaughtered again yeah <laughs> Which is the, the um, difference between Scott and I, because we should <laughs> reveal yeah, our death well, counts now. So, so so let's do that. Go ahead, Andy. How many times have you died? So I'm, I've played the game about, I don't know my actual hour count. I'm probably close to 10 hours at this point, I think. Um, I, I want to say, I'm based on what Scott's told me, I'm probably about 80% of the way through the campaign. Um, yeah. 
I've died a little over 50 times. I think I've died maybe like 53 <laughs> or 54 times. Um, usually they come in they, they come in spurts. Like there's a part in the game early um, where your 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 safe house is is not safe anymore and you have to fend off a horde. Well, everyone dies here. I, I like when I go through my my note my news feed on in Zombie U, it will tell you if you know where your friends have died so you can go track them down and I swear every one of my friends list has died during yeah. this part. So like I think the idea is you're supposed there, there's a mounted turret in your safe house and I think the idea is you're supposed to race out there and catch them as they're coming in, but that didn't really uh, occur to me right away, so I was yeah. fending them off literally at the at the front door of my or like the yeah. back door my door so that i had like three zombies literally like 10 feet from my bed and i would die and then there would be another one and then i would die oh, so they actually got into your into the safe house huh well because when i when i fight them i always fight them like just outside the safe house like where there's those couple like little offices yeah and... well they were inside the little there's like a little uh lobby room but be- yeah. between your actual like hu- like hideout and the little office area yeah, they yeah. were like in there. They weren't quite okay. inside the safe house, but they were in the closest room to it. It was like yeah. it was like a little miniature hallway, and there was at least two or three in there. And I didn't have any any weapons really at that point in the game. It was like it's early on that you don't have anything stashed really. I probably died twelve times there because yeah. I would go out and I hadn't really gotten the hang of the combat yet, and I wasn't really patient enough for that at that point. I was yeah. I was confused because I actually. I actually thought it was a randomly occurring event because it happened right oh. at, I, it happened right after I died. I think you're meant to make your way back to the safe point and then, and then are, it happens. Yeah. But no, I, yeah. I died at the end of a mission and respawned, and that was the first thing I came back to. Oh, wow. So okay. I was caught off guard. I didn't know what was going on. I thought maybe it was just like a randomly occurring thing. Um didn't realize that it was sort of like a, a you know like a narrative event in the game right and yeah it, it, it slaughtered me and I think that was my first real massacre where I, I racked up my own body count pretty quick <laughs> uh, Zach did you have trouble with that part actually I found that part pretty easy I really yeah I didn't have trouble with that because I just ran to that um turret and just shot all of them see I think that's what you're supposed to do. So you were now the turret is facing outward. You can spin it around and shoot behind you. Well, then I just like. I, I just, or did you like lure them, lure them downstairs and run back up to the turret? A little bit. Okay, because it's facing outward. Because that that well, anyway. <laughs> um, I just feel like in real life, if there was a zombie apocalypse, I would feel prepared after playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, I, Andy, I'll agree with you that that moment comes so early in the game and you really aren't acclimated to the combat yet that it, that, I think that's why everyone dies there. I just played through it on survivor mode, which, so everyone knows survivor modes where you only get one life. Once you die, that's it, game over. And then you just get your high score. Um, it, it is and, the campaign though. It is identical to the campaign. Oh, yeah, it's just yeah, once it's, you die, you can't even like, it's kind of funny because once you die and you go back to your like game load screen, you can't even load the save file. You have to delete it and start over. Yep. Yeah. It makes you manually delete it. Yeah. It doesn't even like, you can't even like click it. And it's like, do you want to start over? It's like, you can't even do anything to it. You have to manually select yeah. delete, which is kind of funny. Um, and I found going through it this second time having beaten the game now that it was much easier going. Um, I mean, it was still, it was still difficult, but because I knew all the tricks, like, with flares and Molotov cocktails and, like, how to, you know, like, board up doors and all that kind of stuff, I found I had an easier time, um, surviving it. Yeah. So, okay, so Andy died a little over 50 times. Um, Zach, you're about halfway. How many times have you died? Well, uh, 27. 27. So, I'm, I'm up there. 
<laughs> so maybe by the time you get you're on par, that, you'll have died. <laughs> you'll, yeah, you'll have died fifty sometimes. Um, see, now I just don't. I want to talk to more people because I beat the game only dying seven times. See, I, I think maybe it's sort of a deal where, and this is not meant to disparage your incredible skills because I am thoroughly, <laughs> thoroughly impressed by that. But I do think that maybe it's a, a situation where the longer you survive with one of your guys, the longer you will survive because you can level up your survivors. You can make them more skilled with weapons. Um, and you know, the more you level up, the easier it is to progress in the game because the better yeah. equipped your character is. So sure. if, if you keep dying all the time, you don't get to keep any of those upgrades, those, those those level right. upgrades. So you're never going to get any better at using using those weapons. So I do right. think it's one of those things where if you can kind of break through the barrier and maybe get leveled up in a few different weapons, and if you're alive enough to be able to like stock up on some ammo and keep those weapons handy, I think you could survive for longer than I did for <laughs> pretty much any right. of my characters. Well, my, my longest character was three and a half hours long, and um, surprisingly, I didn't even level up that much because I, I, that was kind of like the middle point of the game. He was my third character, and yeah, and he lasted me till about like the halfway point. Um, and but because I didn't use guns that much because ammo was so spare, I think I'd only leveled up once with my handgun, okay. and that that was it. But I did actually have a good stockpile of weapons back at the safe house because all I'd carry was the handgun and a shotgun. So I had machine guns and uh, I think the sniper rifle like stacked, you know, stashed at my uh, my safe house. So that was nice. Not that I ever, when I would die, I never lost my gear. I was always able to get back and reclaim my gear. Um, but I did have that like that stock just in case. Um, so that was that was helpful. I have a question for you. Um, yeah. The little metal containers that are littered all over the game. Are you meant to be using those as additional stashes? Metal containers. There's like dumpsters and lockers. There's all kinds oh, yeah. of See, all kinds of little stash areas throughout the game, but I've never had enough stuff to really justify stashing stuff there. You know, I don't know. I don't know if you put things in there if it's still there when you die or like when you, you know, load. There's after so many of them that you almost have to feel like they're there for a reason. Yeah, it could be. It really could be. That's a maybe an experiment worth trying, putting something in there and then coming back for it later, see if it's still there. Like, yeah, maybe I'll have to try. I haven't that. found like a little like safe room in the church catacombs area that I'm in, and the only thing yeah. in there was a some ammo, I think, and a dumpster. And I'm thinking yeah. there's got to be a, a reason that this dumpster is there. It's, it's it's empty. All of these things are empty. There's hardly ever anything stashed in any of them. That's but true. But they're everywhere. There's like empty yeah. lockers, empty dumpsters, empty foot lockers, empty suitcases. It makes <laughs> you just feel like you should be using these to to stash stuff. Right. Maybe yeah. maybe there was originally more zombies, so they gave you more ammo. They just took them out. Maybe. That's what I'm oh, thinking. oh, maybe like maybe they had planned to. The developers had planned to put more stuff in those, but then maybe you can unlock a hard mode. <laughs> Well, survivor mode is supposed to be the hard yeah. mode. Yeah, I do think I don't think it. I it don't. I don't think it increases difficulty at all. Just you know. I do you think it's it's incredible that. that the Zombie U dev team is leaving messages inside the game for people? Um, so I wanted to mention that. That's so cool. Yeah. Like I, I've never really seen a developer do that in any game across any system. So the the first thing that I saw was like a day after launch. Um, of course, the reviews, the earlier reviews for the game were particularly mixed. I think the 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 reviews. I think especially because GameSpots was an early review, um, the first couple of days the game was out, the reviews were not looking good. And then I think as more reviews came out, they started to skew high um, yeah. because it's a good game. 
Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And the more you, the more people that review it, the more pe- the more people will say it's a good game. Um, but because the, some of the reviews were early, I think I think the dev team was frustrated because the game was being reviewed like it was a shooter, and it's yeah. not a shooter. And so the very first thing that I saw from the dev team was, I looked down at the safe house, the floor of the safe house, and there's a message that says, "Heads up, Zombie U is a survival horror." Signed the dev team. Yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. was like, oh, well, there you go. In case, in case you weren't aware, this is not a shooter. It is a survival horror game. Right. And when you when, when you think of it in terms of like the same kind of game as an old school Resident Evil, it becomes a lot more palatable. Because if you really mm-hmm. if you think it's a shooter and you play it like it's a shooter, you're going to be frustrated early and often. Right, because you're going to instantly run out of ammo yeah. and just be boned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very much it, it's. I, I kind of played it almost like a stealth game in a way. Like, I was always careful in trade rooms. I was constantly, uh, you know, scanning um, with my radar and stuff to, to make sure nothing was around. And then if there were zombies, I would kind of carefully try to, like, get near one enough that it would see me, but the others wouldn't. And then I would, like, pull it back into a hallway that I knew was clear and then just, like, pick it off and then kind of slowly do that. Yeah. Um, which I think is kind of how you have to play that or just kind of, like, run, um, you know, or just avoid the zombies altogether. But you definitely can't. You really, like, if you come across more than two zombies, you're going to die or you're going to have to really use a lot of, like, your ammo and stuff, a lot of your uh, a lot of your supplies. Yeah. Like, you know, you can toss a flare, which then all the zombies go to the flare for a little bit of time, and then, you know, you could hit them with a grenade or a Molotov cocktail or something, um, or just run away. But, yeah, you, you can't just go in guns blazing. And I like that. I, I mean, it really is, like, a, just a great survival horror game. And considering we haven't really had one in such a long time, like, I just played Resident Evil 6 in October when that came out. I played that for about an hour, and then I sold it on eBay for $50 to some dummy. Um, so I only lost $10. So it's like I kind of rented it for a weekend or two. So I can we, live with that. Well, Revelations came out this year. Revelations was good. because it I was don't like, think it was Zombie U good, but it was No, good. no, I don't, I don't think so either. Oh. But it was a nice, like, medium. Um, but Zombie U is great. It's just frightening. It really is. Like, besides that time where I played four hours in a row that one night, I've never really, like been able to play for long chunks of time because it's just so intense. Yeah. So, like, I don't, I don't know if this would be considered spoilers. I know we're going to move into spoilers eventually, but... Yeah, let, let, let's go ahead and, and say now that we're going to move into spoilers. So I'd say from here on out, if you don't want to know any, you know, critical parts of the story or, like, even just set-piece moments, um, go ahead and turn it off now and go buy the game and play it so, because you're stupid if you don't. <laughs> so I had read um, numerous people had said that there was a, a nursery later in the game. And yes. so I was anxiously looking forward to it, and sure enough, eventually I, I did find it. And um, it's it's sort of set up so you're you're trying to get this uh, medicine to trade for fuel, and it, the medicine's in the nursery. And you go into the area where the nursery is. So sort of the general area is there's this large courtyard, and uh, you have to sort of jump off a platform to get there. So you can't you can't leave the way you got there. And I didn't. Yeah. I, that's key because I, I didn't know. I didn't know that at first. It didn't dawn on me. So you you cross the courtyard, and you go into the nursery, and uh, the nursery is just the creepiest thing. <laughs> it is yeah. just so incredibly creepy, and it has some of those classic Resident Evil jump scares, but they're just so well done. And also, it's the closest thing the game has to a boss fight so far. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to spoil too much of what that is because if you haven't played this yet and you're still listening, you deserve to find out what that's like. And I know Zach hasn't gotten that far yet either. But well, um, no, have you have you not done the nursery yet, Zach? No, I no, that's past. Oh, okay, that's that, past where he's at. Yeah, that's right. It, it's probably the next big thing after you get through yeah, with the tower. You're awfully right close. Um, yeah, 
yeah it's like the next the next major mission that you're gonna go on um yeah so you know like i said i've died a lot in this game and whenever they whenever i know i'm gonna go into an area where a lot of people have been hyping it up on meverse and on the internet (laughs) i know i'm gonna die a whole bunch but i actually didn't i got into the nursery and i did a lot of exploring the area i learned early Mm -hmm. on that there was an exit on the second floor um which which is key. key um yeah. i even i actually I accidentally left the building and had to go back in um, <laughs> i did that too i was like it locks behind yeah. me. yeah <laughs> um well i didn't even know it locked behind me i jumped off the, the there's like a broken stairwell and i just jumped off of it and i was like oh, oh yeah if you okay. try to go back in it, it, it's locked okay. you can't get in from the outside so anyway i actually did a really good job in the nursery i i even got into the there's a code room in the basement and i got in the code room and i got some cool stuff and there was there's mm-hmm. a scuba zombie uh there that you have to worry about too and i i dealt with him and it's, it's a dangerous, dangerous place to be. I actually made it out alive. I made it all the way back to the other end of that courtyard, and that's when I learned that you can't go out the way you came in. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't a lot of zombies around me, but I had to figure out how to leave, and I finally noticed there's um, another door there. But it's the kind of door where you have to scan it and let the prepper hack it remotely for you. Um, and, of course, that particular one, he says, well, this one will take me a minute. So, of course, what happens? You <laughs> yeah. get attacked by zombies. Um, yeah. And that's when I died. <laughs> So I got yeah. all the way in and out, and I got attacked by zombies. Now, that in and of itself is bad. I was pretty proud of myself. That was my new high score at that, at that point. But I also mm-hmm. knew that when I got back there, it would probably be pretty easy to get my stuff back because there really wasn't any zombies there except for the ones that came while he was hacking the door for me. Who just spawned in for that. Exactly. Yeah. So I go back, and at that point, I hadn't unlocked the shortcut yet, so it was, it was, a, it was a long way back, and there had spawned mm-hmm. some new zombies in the path to get there. I think, yes. I think simply because... The game thought I would be heading back that way, so it put right. new obstacles in play. Um, but I didn't catch them on the way back. I caught them on the way to the place again. <laughs> so I was already kind of dinged up by the time I got to where my, my gear was. And I got in there, and I went in the, the, the door on that little platform, and I jumped off. And sure enough, I saw my my former zombified self there. And it was just him, and he was just standing there alone, not even seeing me, his back to me. And I'm like, this is going to be pie, but I don't really want to risk screwing it up. So I pulled out a Molotov cocktail, and I tossed mm-hmm. it, and there must have been some piece of scenery that I didn't see. Oh, no. And I burned myself to death and <laughs> lost all of my stuff. Oh, man. Um, so it just exploded right in front of you, yep, basically. It just shattered right oh, in my hand, God. basically, and I burned to death, and all of my stuff was gone. Wow. Um, I haven't seen this anywhere else, but did you did you guys encounter the dancing zombies? Yeah. Yeah. No, why God, isn't that's... Why isn't anyone talking about that? It's so great. That's a really good point. I don't know because it's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. So there's one point where you're like going um, through. You're trying to get to a, a guy's apartment to collect something, um, a code or a piece of paper or something. And so you're going through an apartment building. And as you approach the apartment building, as you're going through it, you hear this like loud thumping, just like trance music, basically like house music. And then I don't even think you. Ha- you know, I think the game does kind of push you through it. I think you have to go into that room. Yeah. Um, but you, you open do. it, and there's just like crazy like lights, like it's a rave, and the zombies are just like. And there's like, like eight of just- them. Yeah, but they're all just, like, kind of shuffling next to each other and just, like, staring at the lights and, like, kind of just, like, going with the music. And you can actually turn the music off if you're really? crazy enough to do it. Yeah, you can go to the DJ equipment and turn the music off, and then they all just turn and run at you. <laughs> um, so don't do not do that. Um, but, yeah, so you can either just kind of, like, go right past them. Because even when they see you, because, like, I was, there's one who's kind of away from the pack, 
I was like, well, if I hit it, like, does it just kind of snap out of it and come after me? But even if you hit it, like, with your uh, cricket bat, it kind of, like, reacts, and then it just starts sort of, like, shifting side to side again and kind of dancing. I actually um, I awesome. threw a Molotov cocktail at the entire group I did too. and backed out and closed the door and went back in about 30 seconds later, and all but <laughs> one of them were dead. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, I did that, too. That or a grenade, one or the other. Yeah, yeah that's one like, of the I'm more memorable moments of that game. I, I really yeah. loved the, the lighting effects in that room were really cool. Yeah, it was on, like, because the game is so dark and, like, ominous throughout. I mean, you constantly have to have your flashlight on for the most part, except for, like, a few maybe outdoor places. Um, but, yeah, you just go into that, and it's just completely different. It's a totally unique moment. You never see it, uh, like, replicated again. Kind of along the same lines, the, the thunderstorm early in the game uh, when you're trying to go to Buckingham is really well done. I loved the, oh, the yeah. rain and, and the lightning. It, it was a really cool effect. I died a lot there, yeah. too, trying to get... Um, Trying to get into into the palace was a nightmare for yeah. me. I probably died a good five to ten times. That's where I first found your zombie. So yeah, yeah I figured that was. <laughs> yep, sounds <laughs> sounds about right. About. Yeah. I think. Uh, I what think, did you guys? Sorry. You oh, I was gonna say. I think that's when I finally started to learn that if you died, you didn't get your stuff back. Because so I think I, if, mm. until then, I still thought you could always go back and, and find it. That's when I learned the the hard way. If you die again, yeah, it's gone. Right. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of the graphical style? Because a lot of reviewers were complaining that it looked bad. And I didn't think that, but maybe it's because I'm kind of a Nintendo-only gamer, so I think, I'm not used to the HD and the... I, I think the the style is fine. I think the, stylistically yeah. the game is great. There are some, some really low textures. Um, I think back to um, Silent Hill Shattered Memories, and one of the things I loved about that game was... The text in the game was very clear, and even though it was standard definition, you could walk up to a sign and read it. Um, the problem with Zombie U is a lot of the signs are really really low-res, blurry textures, and you can't necessarily read them. So they probably shouldn't be there. Um, so, some mm-hmm. of the textures are a little bland, but I don't know. It, it's, it's post-apocalyptic London. You're in a lot of sewers. You're in a lot of underground caverns. You're in a, right. you're in a lot of, you know torn up buildings it doesn't have to be that creative it just has to be effective and anybody who thinks it's not effective is crazy i think the the decor in the game is incredibly effective at setting the mood and there's a lot of little touches like um like doors that kind of like when you first see the um the underground train like one of the doors is like opening and closing on its own uh that's a cool effect and there's a lot of things like that um that i think really add to the the overall flavor of the graphical style. I, th- I think, in general, it's very well done, even even if some of the details are a little muddy. Sure, yeah, I know, I totally agree. Like, it's, it's kind of ugly at times, and there, there's a weird little, like, technical glitches. Like, one time I was running around, and a zombie got, like, stuck on top of a box, and he couldn't, like, jump down to get me, so he was just stuck up there. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, like, you know, easily killed him. Like, there's little things like that, but I don't think it takes you out of the game, and I really think the look of the game if anything just pulls you in in more yeah um so no it's not it's not the prettiest game you know if you go from this and then go play like dead space 2 i mean dead space 2 just blows it out of the water um but it's effective and it it does what it sets out to do so i'm um i'm happy with that i'd love to see a sequel Um, to this game i think there's so much more they can do with the feature set like i don't know how the story ends but i'm sure that i'm sure they can you know tell another story in this in this version of london no problem um, yeah. And, you know, this game is screaming for online co-op. Seriously, survival horror yeah. with this, this kind of a survival horror with online co-op would be great because it would really give you a chance to sort of try to, you know, strategically 
organize a good a good approach and a way forward and try to help you. I mean, Resident Evil Five had the same kind of idea, but it was such an action game you didn't have time to do a lot of that stuff when you're when you're under attack. I mean, mm-hmm. the the survivalist nature of this game would would bring a lot to a to a co op experience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry. If I had one problem, it was that um, after I mean I haven't finished the campaign yet. But besides the campaign and the survival mode, which is just the campaign, if you don't have anyone else to play with, that's kind of it. I mean, there's it. It would have been nice if there was some other something like Resident Evil has their um raid mode or whatever it's called, um, or the the mercenaries. Kind mercenaries. Of. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, would have been nice. I feel like survival is sort of the idea there. You tr- you try to play through as far as you can, but the problem with survival mode is you have to watch the cutscenes every single time, and that's right. really yep. annoying. Right, and it absolutely is just, I mean, it's just the campaign again. So yeah. it was kind of cool for me to go back to it, like, knowing what I know now, like, revisiting those earlier parts. But, like, I, I actually died early on, it's just stupidly. So I started Survivor Mode over again, like, I was, like, 15 minutes in. And, yeah, to just have to sit and do it all again, like, I think it will discourage, you know, trying it more than once or twice. Because you just, you're going to get sick of those earlier portions of the game. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so that that's kind of unfortunate there. But... Yeah, no, I really do. Um, I wanted to bring up too. I, I like, I like the, um, you know, you mentioned Andy, like the variety of like decor and stuff, and how they kind of use something sparingly. And I think they do that with the zombies too, um, which I really like. Like early in the game, you come across, uh, you come across one of the zombies who like screams and alerts other zombies, and then after that, you don't actually see one for a long time. Yeah. Um, until later in the game, and it does that with a couple of like the different zombies that you come across. Like you said, the scuba zombie. Um, who I, I will just tell everyone now um, because I was really mad when this killed me. So this is a good spoiler. Um, if you hit them with your melee weapon, they just explode and kill you. So do not hit them with your melee weapon. Run away and shoot them from a safe distance. And like the very first one you come across, like it just comes right up into your path, and there's just no way of knowing. And it yep. made me so mad. But even those are just sort of like used, you know, sparingly. And I like that. That it's like they had a lot of good ideas, and then they don't overdo it. Yeah. Um, and then even that, well. I don't know. I don't know how much you want spoiled about what you come across, you know, at the end of the game. So maybe I won't talk about that yet since you're not there yet. But I will just say that the ending sequence of the game is super intense. And one thing it has, it does have you do is it, it, um, you can't use your, um, like the sewer system anymore to like fast travel from place to place. So you have to go from one location all the way back to your safe house, like on foot through each environment. Oh God. Um, which is fucking intense. Yeah. I would imagine. What if you die? What if you what if you die? <laughs> then uh, then you're back to the safe house and the thing that you had that you needed um you, to... you can't you 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 actually can't go back and get um so the, there's three endings to the game. The one ending is during the the end game sequence the very end game sequence. Um if you die then then that's it. Game over. Like the what's happening just happens. If you make it all the way back from where you were with what you were carrying, uh, then you, you know, then that's, that's like the good ending. Or if you get to where you're going, but you don't have that item, then that's like the middle, like kind of bad ending. Interesting. So if you get the, if you get the worst ending, is there any way to, to, to get a better ending without replaying the entire game? Um, so yeah, so no, if you die during, Okay, so there's like a long end game sequence where if you die, that's fine. You just start as a new survivor like normal. But then the very end of the game, you have to, I mean, you have to evacuate. I mean, that's not that much of a surprise. And if you die during that part, like that's it, then the evacuation happens and you're just not there. And you can't and that, you that, can't restart it after the credits and try again. 
No, I don't believe so. I don't know if it, well, maybe it'd start you from your last, the last time you saved, but I guess, you know, it depends when you saved, how far back that might set you. I'm not sure. I'd have to go check my old save. So what you're saying is, see where it starts get a USB stick, copy your save file to the USB stick, <laughs> and then attempt the ending. Yeah, exactly. I've done that. Actually, yeah, I, it, well, I did learn that if you copy your save file to the USB, it'll still read it. So if you want to start another game, because I was actually, I had a friend in town this weekend, and I wanted to show him the game, but I didn't want him to show him like where I was at. I wanted him to kind of yeah. go through the beginning. I had to copy my save to the USB drive and then physically remove the USB drive from the system and then let him start his game. That's true, because yeah, you only have one save file, basically. Right. So yeah, you can't just start a new one. It's a, it's a little convoluted, one. but yeah. yeah. That, that, that's one way to – can you – actually, I'm not sure if you can copy a save, a save file. I think you have to move it, which would mean that you can't just copy your save file to USB and then, and then, and then store it safe. Right. It would just move yeah. it, and then, yeah, and then when you go back, you just wouldn't have Oh, so you there. are – oh, man. That's even more incentive to, re, to replay it and try to do better because I don't want to get the, sh- the, the shitty ending after all this time. Yeah. Yeah, the the biggest thing is to to get back to the safe house without without dying. Otherwise, you lose that key item, <sighs> and then you just get, you get like the mediocre ending. So that's yeah, terrifying. That part, I know it is. It really is. I mean, it's so good. I loved it. That whole ending sequence is just so intense. I, I you know I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but you just look forward to it. It's hard. It's scary, and it's just it's perfect. I mean, it's what this it's what you'd expect from this game. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I th- I think that will about do it. We've gone on a pretty good amount of time about this one game, um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not mad we did because this game is awesome. Scott, if you're re- if you're uh, reviewing this game, what score would you give it? You give it a nine, right? Yeah. I think I'd be right there. I, I might I'd write it eight point five to nine. I think I, I couldn't go any higher just because some of the the technical hiccups. Um, but yeah, I'm right there. I loved it. I mean, I'm excited to go through survivor mode and I'm, I think I might write an editorial about this game and I want to see a sequel. And yeah, I'm just totally like in love with it right I, now. I, so. I feel like this is like literally one of the best launch games I've seen yeah. in a really long time. The, the Wii, sir. I mean, Wii sports was great, but it was, it was what it was. I mean, it wasn't the kind of game you went back to except for when you had family over. This is right. a deep single player. This kind of reminds me of rogue squadron. It's maybe the best launch game since Rogue Squadron, I think. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, it, Twilight it, it, Princess. <coughs> eh, that wasn't really a launch game. <laughs> I mean, it yeah, it it, like it, it was, but it doesn't it doesn't qualify for my discussion. <laughs> yeah, I mean that game was in development forever, so that damn well should have been good. <laughs> I love Twilight <laughs> Princess. That game gets unfairly unfairly maligned way too much. I do love Twilight Princess. But I do think this game's great, and I, I think it'll be one of those games that, apart from people who get the Wii U right now, it'll probably be sort of like a hidden gem, you know? It's just, the reviews weren't great, it's a game I think a lot of people will just be like, it's on the, the fence I think it's the third, and, and don't want to make that plunge. I do think it's the third best disc-selling game behind N- N- Nintendo Land, which is bundled, and Mario. Is it really? I think, okay, I, 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 think awesome. I read that it was the third best, I think it was it was like number 17 on the MPD, so there wasn't a lot yeah. of top-selling Wii U software. But it was it was up there. That's awesome. If I, anything, I, oh sorry. No, go, go uh, ahead. Go if ahead. anything, this will end up being the Wii U Steel Diver. So, in <laughs> in my eyes, that's a good thing because I love Steel Diver. <laughs> I know, isn't that your Miiverse name? Yeah, Steel Diver is the greatest launch game since Super Mario sixty four. Wow. wow, I don't know about any anything that's being said right now. I think that's I think, I think that's a little <laughs> a, a, a little crazy. I've actually never played it though. Maybe I should try to check it out. <laughs> maybe that's that's some high praise though 
Well, happy, uh, happy, happy zombie hunting to you both and to anyone listening. Um, if you would like to to uh, kill my uh, zombified corpse and collect my s- small amount of loot that I have <laughs> since the last time I died, you can add me on Meverse uh, at DrewMG, D-R-E-W-M-G. Yeah, and then as I said, well, Zach is Steel Diver, um, yeah. which is just a, a wonderful Meverse name. And then I am OK Soda. I think I'm almost at like 70 friends, so I think I've got 30 open spots, so... If uh, you want to add me, do yep, it. Same while here. the soda is still good. Yeah, well, it's exactly before it's flat. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, go play Zombie U because it's awesome. And I really hope the team gets a chance to like take a lot of time and, and really work on a good, like thorough sequel. I know that the uh, the um, dev team is paying attention to reviews because two of the members of the dev team actually like retweeted the NWR review uh, Twitter post. Oh, that's awesome. Which was great. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually said something about the game on Twitter, and then they, I, two of the dev guys retweeted me too. There you go. They're they're they're, they're <laughs> watching. They're yeah. They're paying attention. They're they're, they're, they're prepping they're, for a sequel. <laughs> they're like the um, braid guy who went around everywhere and uh, commented. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's cool. You can tell that it's a project they love. Um, so I hope it does well, which it sounds like it might be if it's the third best selling game. So cool stuff. All right, guys. Well, thanks for being here. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys later. (laughs) Bye. There you go. I'm your host, Neil Ronahan, and with me, as somewhat usual, got Patrick Barnett, who just can't wait to go to the Lego City. Some, and we somewhat. Got, <laughs> yeah. And Zach Miller, who probably doesn't even know what the fuck was announced at the Nintendo Direct today. Just got home. Yeah, I, I had that, a feeling. Is it anything earth-shattering? Because uh, I was Pikmin looking at 3 was delayed. Was big. Pikmin 3 was delayed. No uh, shit. What? Yeah, I know. Big surprise. Um, 
And then a, a Fire Emblem is coming out on February 4th. Brain Age Concentration Training is coming out on February 10th. Come on, stuff I care about. Um, and that's the only confirmed dates. Oh, wow. a, a, a Dead or Alive character is coming to um, Ninja Gaiden yeah, 3. Yeah, Kasumi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Well, that won't make me buy the game, but cool. Uh, <laughs> all right, well... Um, yeah, I guess we can spend a little time on the Nintendo Direct. The other stuff that we got, uh, the Wii U games that were kind of highlighted that look like they're shoo-ins for Q1 are LEGO City Undercover, which I'm not really shy about the fact that the E3 demo was fucking terrible. <laughs> and, I mean, it's just like from an unproven developer, I just I can't put that much stock into that game until I, I see or play something that's like concrete being like, all right, so... This concept is pretty cool, and this game is actually good. And the other game is Game & Wario, which has some novel ideas. Um, I mean, the demo that they had at E3 that's circulated at other events. It's horrible. Another, it's kind of fun, but not I, like I anything. It. Yeah. It's not like anything that I think I would play a lot, although I, I do love the idea of the game that they revealed today, which is, um, I forget the name of it, but... The Thief one? No. Is that what you mean, or...? No, um, well, that was that's fruit. That's no, fruit, the, yeah. yeah, the one that's like spy party. Are you talking about um, the one where it was um, a bunch of micro games and you're like yeah. pretending to be asleep? Yeah. And like... So basically, Zach, the way this works is that on the TV it's like uh, I guess nine volt, and he's in bed, okay. and he has his gamepad up and he's playing that, and then you play micro games on the gamepad, and then like when your mom walks by on the screen, you like put the gamepad down and pretend that you're asleep. I see. And she goes away and then you go up and play micro games again. Oh. So it's like there's a WarioWare game in a WarioWare game. That's weird. Yeah. But I wonder how many micro games will actually be in that mini game. Oh, um, yeah. They could do something kind of cool with that. But, I hope there's yeah. at least maybe one or two other modes. Like, they said there were 16 mini games in Game & Wario. I'm hoping yeah. at least two or three of those are like micro game collections yeah um so other stuff that was going on with the nintendo direct is uh pikmin 3 is delayed which is bullshit um but not not surprising um it looks really really good though they showed off some some new stuff and then uh what else was there we fit you that might be a march release they're just saying first part of 2013 i think um Animal Crossing was not mentioned. Neither was Nintendo TV. Oh. Uh, we found out that Harmonite and uh, uh, Tokyo, Tokyo Crash, Crash Mobs yeah. are coming out in the beginning of next year. And that Luigi's Mansion might be a March release. We don't even know. Oh, wow. They're, they were really vague with a lot of release dates today. Are they going yeah. to support this system they just put out? Maybe. I mean, <laughs> it's looking pretty barren. They did say that 30 games were coming out over the next few weeks, which I don't even know if I know if there's 30 other games announced for the system right now. No. Maybe they're counting each DLC table for Zen yeah. Ball 2. <laughs> yeah. Then, they the, I mean, they might be halfway there already. Because I missed that. No. So let's get to the listener mail. Yeah, let's do that. Kick us off, Zach. Okay, our first email is from Kentucky Tim. He sent in about 100 questions, so I'm just going to... Read each one, and we'll answer each one separately. Do you think we will get games like Pandora's Tower and Disaster Day of Crisis on the North American Wii U eShop? No. Not at all. Never. At least not for a while. Maybe a couple years down the line when they actually feel like creating a virtual console. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. 
Um, I don't really think there's... I I don't even know if they'll really come over anytime soon. I could see them getting a sin and punishment treatment in like 10 years. Yeah. On the Uh, Wii U too. Yeah. (laughs) The the Super Super Wii. The the Super Wii 64. (laughs) Uh, He says, Do you think the games that are going to be released in 2013 will be announced for the Wii U, such as Dead Space 3, Tomb Raider, and Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Well, I know Metal Gear won't be because that's a Xbox exclusive. Um, it sure be nice if Dead Space no, 3 no. came No, no. Metal Gear Rising isn't a 360 exclusive. Oh, it's not? No. Oh, I think the demo for, just hit the both. PS3, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, seriously? Wow. It's coming out for both systems. Well, I am behind the times. Oh, uh, but I, I don't think that game will be coming to Wii U. Although, you know what? I could see that maybe coming Bayonetta in like 2 a... Bayonetta is coming to the Wii U. I mean, I could see Revengeance maybe coming as like a like a subsistence version down the line oh, because yeah. of platinum because of platinum games, you know, being very familiar with the system, or at least they will be after Wonderful One Hundred One and Bayonetta Two come out. Right. Um, Dead Space Three, like I wouldn't be surprised either way, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on it because it seems like EA is not really interested in doing anything with the Wii U. That's true. And I'll, um, I'd, I'd get it on PS3 anyway because I have the other two on PS3. Yeah. And then Tomb Raider, I think, is a pretty likely candidate for coming out in a, you know, alongside the game because there was that rumor about Tantalus, the guys who ported uh, Funky Barn to Wii U <laughs> and also Mass Effect 3. But they had a, a listing on LinkedIn or something that said that they were also working on porting a Square Enix game to oh. Wii U, like a major third part or a major AAA game. And Tomb Raider is an Eidos game, which is now Square Enix. So I think it's probably that. I couldn't. I, can I mean, see may, it. may, maybe it's like a, a remake or like a port of an older Eidos game, like maybe uh, Deus Ex or Hitman. But who knows? Well, it's I been think, I think it's so Raider. often that I just wonder if they're working on a Wii U port. Yeah, maybe. It's not on his list here, but I'm still kind of hoping for a Bioshock Infinite coming over to Wii U. There's, like, well, I don't think it will. But well, no, there's nice. been a bunch of stuff with, uh, I think Reggie making comments about how like Take-Two is kind of on board with Wii U, but the only game we've seen from them is uh, the NBA 2K13. That's the only thing they've really talked about. I know Borderlands 2 was discussed. I think Randy Pitchford responded about why that wasn't on Wii U, and it was plainly because they couldn't think of anything to do with the other screen, and they didn't want to just make a port for the sake of making a port. And, I mean, if that's the freedom that developers are being allowed early on in the system's life, one, that kind of sucks, and two, that means that maybe Bioshock Infinite won't get ported because they can't think of anything to do with the second screen that's meaningful, Uh, which I like. I kind of have a problem with that. What, What why couldn't they use do item management on the second screen for Borderlands? Because there's so much loot in those games. Very true. Oh, game is loot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- then you'd just be playing the entire game on the gamepad, literally, because you'd be going through the loot and being like, oh shit, I need to shoot some people. <laughs> I mean, I-, I-, I think people kind of undervalue how cool just playing on the gamepad is. So, like, I'd rather I have like it it. Bioshock Infinite uh, on Wii U, because then I can, you know, play it on the big screen, and, you know, if someone wants to watch TV, I can bring it on. Bring it on down. Well, if Darksiders is any indication, you'd want to play uh, a game like that or Dead Space 3 on a pro controller. Just saying. Well, some games you yeah. can play off-screen with the pro controller. You can do that with Assassin's Creed. Oh, that's bizarre. 
Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, let's keep going. Do you think the recently announced Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes will become a Wii U game? Dude, I don't know what kind of game that's what that's coming out as right now. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe someday in the far future when it actually comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. I don't, I don't even know what that game is. I watched the trailer yeah, I and I say, came I've away never even... fully confused. It, it looks good? Yeah, it does look good. <laughs> about all you can say about it. Okay, um... Uh, two more questions. When do you see Nintendo selling the gamepad by itself? How much will it sell for when this happens? Well, first off, I don't see it happening. Well, um, it, it will, because really? eventually games will support two gamepads. Oh, well, I'm sure um, you're going to um, have to buy the... Well, maybe not. Maybe you'll probably have to buy the game, second gamepad through Nintendo. No. I don't think so. No? I think it'll be next I mean, holiday. They'll start. Yeah. That'll be the really? Christmas thing. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little later than that, but I think it's like an inevitability. Like that will definitely happen. That you'll be able to get the gamepad by itself hmm. and use two gamepads with the system, as I said at E3 last year. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, but it'll I cost think more at, at, than eighty-five dollars. Yeah, which is I think how at the very at the them. very earliest. I'd say next August, because it would be perfect for Madden. Oh, yeah, it would. But, yeah, so uh, Zach knows that, I guess, the base price of a gamepad is 85 bucks. so Got a bad more than that. With an invoice, yep, more than that. Probably $100. Yeah. I'd say I, more than 100 more than I could see like 125 Yeah, you're right. Okay, last question. Would it make sense for Nintendo to charge something like twenty nine ninety nine? To all Wii users, to allow them to upgrade their WiiWare and Virtual Console games to function on the gamepad. Uh, no. If it were no, that, fuck them. If that were that expensive, I'd say screw it. I, I mean, would probably I, buy it. <laughs> I would still bite, but I wouldn't be happy about it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. Think if that would, if, if if that was an option on day one, maybe I would have been like, okay, that's all right. But if they're not going to have it there at launch and then they're going to charge you for it later, like that's bullshit. That just needs I mean, to be a patch. Yeah, I mean, maybe they'll do the same thing that Sony did with PlayStation support on Vita, mm. where you know, just they wanted time to, you know, get their ducks in a row and have it be, you know, actually work properly on it. Because that's that's the reason why that took so long is because they wanted to, I guess, test the emulation of certain games. Oh, okay, well, that's funny because. Uh... Was it the Final Fantasy game that Guillaume was playing on the Vita had that like broke down? He wasn't playing it? it on Vita. That was on his PSP Go, I think. Yeah, oh, that's just okay. that's just a problem with that game. I see. But I mean, as we know, the Virtual Console games all have their own emulator inside. That I don't know if it's necessarily custom built for each game, but it's you know it's included in each game. So in order to make that work on Wii U and have added functionality, like, you know, being able to be played on the gamepad, they kind of have to, like, go through and test everything again. Yep. And that's going to take time. And unfortunately, when they're already rushing the damn thing at the door and it's not all the features already aren't ready, you know what, that's going to be on the back burner. Yeah. So it will likely happen at some point. We don't know when. Yeah. Um, it could be, you know, at the beginning of next year. It could be fucking holidays next year. It could be even later than that. Yeah. As long as it happens at some point in the future, I'll be somewhat satisfied. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. <clears throat> Agreed. So that's Kentucky right. Tim's uh, question. So thank you, Kentucky Tim, and please write again. 
<laughs> Always like hearing from you. All right. Um, so our next letter is from Pure Evil. I have been a little bummed out recently, partly because I was not able to get a Wii U at launch, and unless a miracle happens, will not be getting one anytime soon. With my Twitter feed, favorite websites and podcasts being nothing, being full of nothing but Wii U, I'm starting to feel a little left behind. Heck, no one seems to be sending out swap notes anymore. Hmm. I was wondering if any of you guys have been left behind at a console launch before and what you did to get through it. Um, with the Game Boy Advance, and then I got a Game Boy Advance. <laughs> True story. I was like, I'm not gonna get one, and then I went to school, and a bunch got a bunch of my friends had Game Boy Advances. I'm like, well, fuck this. I need to get a Game Boy Advance. <laughs> with with the Wii, I kind of got left behind slightly. I wasn't able to get it on launch day or at Christmas time that year, and it was like we had the money all saved up for it, and you just couldn't find it. We couldn't find it anywhere, and we made it till January, whatever the last day in January was. We were at a Walmart. And I was just walking around, and they just had one sitting there on the shelf. <laughs> and it was just this this moment of panic where my, my parents weren't there with me, so I didn't have my money on me. And I just was just, like, running up and down the aisles of Walmart <laughs> to go <laughs> get my money and buy the wheel. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think, because uh, 3DS and Wii, I both got on launch day. GameCube, I, I got that Christmas. So I guess it was technically left behind for, like, a month. But I had a friend who had it, so I just go over his house and play. I got the DS at launch as well. Uh, N64 I didn't get for like six months. I had had a friend down the street who had Super Mario 64, and that's pretty much all I needed. Yeah, Um, same thing with me. I had a friend who lived in the neighborhood who had Mario 64 and Wave Race, and it was like, whenever I wanted to play it, I just went to his house. But but I think like, uh, I mean, especially with Wii U, because Wii's virtually been dead since March. Um, it's really kind of exacerbated just how much of a leap there is like when people get Wii U's compared to the Wii. I mean, it's a lot different than people who didn't get 3DS's right away because you still had quality DS games coming out. I mean, the month that the 3DS launched, you had Pokemon Black and White, Monster Tail, and Okami Den. And Radiant Historia had just come out the month before. Like... That's those are honestly some of the best games on the system. Um, with the no Wii, you get Radiant Historia. Oh, uh, it's fantastic! So I. I think that when I refer to them being the best games on the system, I really think Radiant Historia is the only one out of that group well, that I, I consider them highly. In, in that bunch, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I wasn't that big of a fan, but anyway, um, with the Wii, I mean, the last relevant release, relevant new release was. Mario Party 9 in March well I mean there was a Kirby compilation there was Pikmin 2 but technically those games came out anywhere from you know 20 to 5 years ago Xenoblade (laughs) that's the big Uh, yeah yeah Xenoblade Xenoblade was April and the last story I guess if you want to count that okay so uh, my my memory was a little off but even still I mean that's what there were five games throughout an entire year on the system that's more than the Vita. Bazinga! <laughs> yep. Was that, the, was that the whole email? It yeah. is. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, by I'm way, sorry. By the way, I don't use Swap Note anymore because it's so time-consuming. Yeah. I've, Plus, everyone's moved to Meverse. Yeah. Have, <laughs> I've almost erased Swap Note about seven times. I think the best advice we can give you, Pure Evil, is uh, just go uh, hope for Meverse to come to 3DS soon because... <laughs> That would make 
make people use swap node again, or at least something similar. Also, you don't need both kidneys. I'm just saying. (laughs) Um, So let's move on to the final letter of the segment. From Hey, It's Me. Now that you guys have played the... Hey, It's Me! Oh. Now that you guys have played the Wii U, what Nintendo franchise do you see coming back for the system? With the Wii, Nintendo had the amazing Excite series... Also, do you think we will see another wave race anytime soon? I played the N64 one to death on Virtual Console. First off, I would love to see a new wave race. Um, shit, I, yeah. I actually never played the N64 version, but I love the shit out of Blue Storm. Oh, I love the N64 game. Yeah, I just I just never played it, and then I got a Blue Storm the the holiday that I got a that I got a GameCube. Um, oh. I mean that's a that that's a series I would love to see come back. Same with you know F Zero would be another one. That I think is more likely than we might think. I think some of the franchises in, used in Nintendo Land kind of give a good indication of what we might potentially see. Because it seems like some of those were... I mean, not that we're going to see an F-Zero game where you hold the gamepad on its side and tilt it from left to right and that's how you steer. But just having those franchises kind of come back and back to mind, then we could see them go somewhere with some of those possibly... I think the Yoshi Yoshi's Island style game probably from Good Feel. Um, I think some of those rumors are like kind of just people making shit up. It needs to happen. But, well, the, the but I think that game's lands. gonna happen. I was, that rumor they actually found that I think on Miiverse itself. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, I think right. I think that's legit. But I think the people oh, okay. people being excited about like Best Buy Canada having a listing or whatever, or I don't know who it was exactly. Um, I think I think it was. I think Maybe Future right. Shop? I don't know. But I think that was probably pulled from the rumors and not necessarily pulled from any kind of insider knowledge. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd believe that the original thing on the Miiverse, what, was it like a uh, the framework for a community in the future yeah. or something? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, that could have just been a test bed, but I still think that, you know, some kind of Yoshi Island game, that's, a, that's you know, a successor to Yoshi's Island in a sense from good feel. Um, that's that's probably going to happen. You should make I, a Yoshi's Island game where on the gamepad, okay, follow me here, on the TV, <laughs> you, you see a whole bunch of fruit, right? And there are <laughs> obstacles in your way. And on the gamepad, you have to draw a line, right, for Yoshi to get the fruit and okay, then end, dude, up, dude. end up in a uh, room. You know, I've, I've soured a lot on the Nintendo Land single player too. Yes. But as far as like, as far as just like a you know a neat idea, the stupid Yoshi fruit card thing is a neat idea. Mm-hmm. It just you know like most of the single player games on that, you're like play it for 15 minutes, you're like ah oh, that's cool, and never again, never yeah. touch it again. <laughs> like I, I outside of multiplayer, I don't really see myself playing too much Nintendo Land. Um, Nor do but, I. But anyway, uh, the the <laughs> other games that I could see, I mean, definitely F Zero. I'd love to see a, a new Pilot Wings. I mean, I know we got Resort, but I'd love to see something on the Wii U. Yeah. Um, a new 1080 would be fun. Oh yeah. Um, Zero. Star Fox needs to come back in some fashion. I want to see Q Games all up in that shit. <clears throat> the series I have in mind, it, it's not been gone for a while, but Metroid Prime. Yeah, sure it's gonna come. I mean, Retro is doing yeah. something. Thank God. I, you know what? I, I I will always dream about this. Well, th- well, there's there's two game ideas that I always want to see come back and kind or one come back and one just exist that I know will never happen. One is Mario American Football, which I think we've discussed before. I know Andy Gergen's on my side on that one. 
I'd play the that. Other, the other one is a sequel to Star Tropics. Um, oh, because yeah. I love those games. And I believe I forget where the I forget where the guy who worked on that is. He's in when I did that feature, which is like what Nintendo developers are doing. I uncovered where that guy was and what he was doing, and I was just like, "Please, sir, come back. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Japan and just be like, make me another Star Tropics game. I need more anachronistic shit where like Cleopatra eats pizza and Sherlock Holmes exists in real life." <laughs> Was Man. Star Tropics the game where you needed to do something in the manual? Yeah. To progress yep. Your, okay. That's the. I mean, there was a sequel because the first one was like uh, island themed, and you went like to the Caribbean, and then you fought aliens and the Tetrads. It was fucking awesome. You <laughs> I still a, haven't played it. You had a yo-yo. It's 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 fantastic. I I if highly recommend that. put it on that. 3DS Virtual Console, then <laughs> I will play it. Hey. Um. Then and then the second game, like the first one is very rigidly grid based in its dungeons. I mean, it's similar to Zelda. But the second one, they kind of freed up the grids, where, like, before you would make one space and you would move one square, and the other one, and the second one, you could kind of move freely. And I felt that kind of, like, I mean, it made it less restrictive, but it kind of took away from the, like, kind of the, I guess, the strategy of the dungeons. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second one's story is that you get, like, a, a book that then you transport through time, and you have to, like, you know, chase the villain, Zoda. Then the name is Star Topics 2. The subtitle is Zoda's Revenge. Um... And yeah, you need to go help Cleopatra eat pizza and stuff like that. And it's—I nice. mean, the story is really funny, but the gameplay is not as good. Oh, uh, and, I would like to see a uh, kind of a HD 2D remake of Metroid Two on the eShop, but that will never ever happen. Nope. I mean, I just Why Metroid Two because Metroid Two ask. has a lot of promise. It was made on a hmm. system that it wasn't couldn't handle it. I mean, I don't. I don't also think also needs we'll, a map. Well, I mean, what other series are there that? I mean, Earthbound, duh, but it'll never happen either. Yeah, I would like to see the unfinished Earthbound '64 that we all got hyped up about because of Nintendo Power, and then it never Zach, happened. you do realize that game is Mother Three, but it's not in 3D with poly, polygonal characters and shit. Yeah, but it's the That's same exact story and gameplay. Well, I don't care. Like, if you I look don't... back on the the old the old screens and footage, like it just like shit ripped, or I guess not shit ripped from Mother Three, but the other way around. Isn't yeah. like they they had developed this world and the idea, and then it just never got finished, and then they just made a two D version. I see. Um, and Mother I Three is amazing. I still want to see the three D version. What? It would be interesting, I well, guess. And sixty four well, was all about. You know what I want to see? Metroid sixty four. There, uh, I mean, yeah, me there too. Was, there was some footage of that, I think. But, I don't. I don't know if there ever was. Or no, there was the GameCube tech demo. Yeah, Never there was mind. the yeah the original Metroid Prime tech demo. Yeah. Um. But I can't. Resident I can't really... Evil Four Metroid like a motherfucker. Okay. That's what it was. <laughs> it was third person. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think that's about it for listener mail. Uh, if you have any more listener mail, you can write us in at connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. <coughs> and yeah, that's a wrap, guys. All right. Whoa. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget you can send listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com, and if you've got a chance, please rate and review the show on iTunes. Thanks.